0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing age, maturity, experience, and reality testing. The beauty of youth is that we see everything with completely fresh eyes and fewer biases simply because we haven't yet experienced more. There is a beauty to a beginner's insight. It's fresh. It's untainted. It's idealized because we haven't yet learned that life truly isn't fair and that most ideals are fantasy and unavailable in reality. If you listen to some of my episodes intently and you feel the wheels struggling to crank in your head, that's normal. I felt that a lot, too, in my early awakening. I felt like old fixed ideas in my head had to crack and break loose to eventually make room for new ideas. And it was messy in there. It was as messy and dusty as a demolished bathroom, getting ready for remodel. I remember reading The Power of Now, and I had to read it so slowly. I was thinking, what is wrong with me? Because I'd read two sentences and have to sit back and process. And reading was my thing, y'all. When I was tested in school, I was reading at a 10th grade level in 4th grade. And reading some of these self-development books... In my late teens and early 20s, absolutely fried my brain. When Chris first taught me to play my first real complex tabletop game a few years ago, I felt that same slow wheel turning. The wheels in there were were rusty, and I had to really work to oil those wheels up to get them turning. Now I'm really great. I'm great at strategy games. But I couldn't even hold all the parts of the game in my consciousness at first. So if that is happening to you as you're getting into my show or you're getting into your own therapeutic experience or you're starting to read self-development books or spirituality things that are so different than how you were raised that the wheels in your mind kind of don't know what to do with it yet, just keep allowing, keep marinating You can re-listen to any episode that makes those wheels slow down and trust the process of an awakening and that feel of the demolition of old ideas allow that to be okay. What I love about aging and growing is that the added experience of being alive, of having failed more, having succeeded more, and everything in between has been giving me strength and clarity of insight. This is often the journey for seekers who are healing and healing seekers. I would say are facing hard truths are allowing intuition to overtake anxiety as our process versus seekers who are avoiding through drugs or alcohol TV gambling hiding withdrawing making excuses creating chaos love or relationship addiction but as we age there is the opportunity For age to give us, it's given me a sharper lens and the ability to zoom out that lens. And the more I age and the more I experience, the wider this lens can see with more and more and more clarity. Now, what does that mean? And what might you zoom out on and see in a more expansive way? What it means to me is that in aging, my ideals from youth, the way I saw things, have been challenged enough to fall away and stop distorting the picture or the process of my life. I can zoom out, zoom way far back and see more and have a more honest, full interpretation. An example Divorce was a topic on my mind constantly growing up. My parents separated when I was five, and they didn't finalize their divorce until I was almost 12. In adolescent attitude, I thought my parents were just stupid. My mother married two times. My mom was my abuser's third wife. I remember looking at them thinking, wow, there are five marriages between these two people. I remember reading about Elizabeth Taylor in a magazine and all of her husbands. There are eight in all. I think back then there might have been six. And in adolescent ego and attitude, I remember thinking, what's wrong with these people? I'm only getting married once. Because marriage is serious. Don't they know that? Just dripping with ignorant judgment and speaking out of my own wounding. In growing up and divorcing two times... I have a completely different lens gifted to me by painful experiences that broke me wide open. Each relationship, each separation, each breakup, each reinvention after a breakup showed me more of the complexity of the human experience and washed away my adolescent, overly simplistic observations and judgments. Now, my wider lens view of humans and relationships in my own life can process in the gray between the all or nothing black or whiteness of natural immaturity. The inescapable ignorance of youth that we are all faced with moving through. Now I see that for some of us, divorce is a natural evolution as we gain understanding and move along the life journey and refuse complacency and lean into change and growth. I was too zoomed in and in pain when I was young to have been able to even consider this perception of life or living. I couldn't see back then that an ending is a beginning. Is there ever a time when we are alive and awake that we are not interpreting? Even while asleep, our dreams are happening. And we will interpret information we aren't conscious of. Any new exhausted mama knows that she is interpreting sound data even in a dead-to-the-world sleep so that she can hear that baby if that baby needs her. So if we are always interpreting, whether we're conscious of it or not, I want to interpret with the most grounded clarity, with room to keep learning as I go. As I age and the universe gives me opportunities to expand, I want to keep widening my view without losing clarity. This in some ways is the natural emotional maturing process, and not everyone does it, why? Because some human beings based on temperament, experience, personality, intelligence, and insight levels, And all of these things come from a combination of nature and nurture. On a deep subconscious level, many people do not want to mature. A three-year-old gets managed, y'all. Our butts literally get wiped when we're three. We get carried to the potty. We have our underwear changed for us, the laundry done, food just appears, and we eat it. And I get needs met when I scream when I'm three. For some temperaments and personalities and insight levels and life experiences, on the subconscious level, there's little motivation to grow up or out of this dynamic to change because it's comfortable to stay dependent and controlling of others in the ways that a toddler takes center stage most of the time. And all bad behavior gets excused by the caretakers of a three-year-old. Later in life, we call the people who caretake, who continue to caretake, adults who are emotional children, codependents. Codependents are the people who make excuses for others versus put their foot down and help people grow up if they are willing and able to grow up. Maybe you are related to someone like this, the immature or the codependent. Maybe you are the immature or the codependent. Maybe you were on a team at work with a few grown-up toddlers. Maybe your church community or yoga community or gym community has a few or a lot of adult toddlers. Or maybe your child's teacher is an emotional toddler. Or, and I'm so sorry that this is a thing, but you might have been to a therapist or a doctor who was an emotional toddler. How can this be, especially in spiritual circles? How can this be? If you've ever had experience with real-life toddlers, it's almost inevitable that dress-up gets played. What little one hasn't put on her mama's or her aunt's fancy going-out shoes or pearls or lipstick or hat and shuffled around the house? playing at being a grown lady. What little one hasn't put on a superhero cape or a mask to pretend, to fly in and save people? It's fun to pretend, and it's fun to have others pretend with us when we're little.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Of Giza. There's also a six part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
0: Some emotional children who have reached adult age also play dress up. Just like these children prance in shoes or show off their imaginary superhero skills with exuberance, so too do adults show up in church clothes or doctors in lab coats or spiritual yoga teachers in yoga pants. For these are just costumes for the immature adult. They're uniforms for the mature. This is different than the doubt we may experience with imposter syndrome toddlers do not doubt toddlers do not doubt their skills in fact they feel overly confident to climb on dangerous things and run towards the street or reach for a random animal that might bite them those of us who want to grow up and break the cycles have a fulfilling life of peace and joy and healthy challenge We can learn to notice, manage, and grow up our immature parts. We can grow up and manage our underdeveloped parts, or we can let go of the overdeveloped parts. We learn to show up for our inner children, to guide them out of any immaturity that lingers. And if you catch yourself wanting to tattle or rage let's say in the grocery store because someone is in the 10 items or less line with 37 items. This is an invitation from the universe to reparent yourself right in that moment. To say to yourself, instead of to anyone else externally, yes, you are correct. That person is different than we are. We would not be in that line. But they decided to do so and this is not our store So it's not our business, let them be the same way we want them to let us be. These dysregulated, triggering, or highly upsetting moments that throw us are invitations to grow up with wholeness and fill in the voids created by not getting our emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, nutritional needs met. We have the opportunity to hold positive space for teaching important lessons to ourselves, like we can validate. We can validate that I see you, you aren't crazy to ourselves. That person over there in the 10 items or less line, yes, that person is breaking the rules. In maturity, we validate the feeling for ourselves. The feeling is fine. It's the going into action from the feeling because of the feeling that can become problematic because we don't and can't control other people. And we need validation as a tribe. In psychology and counseling, we call this reality testing. And this is naturally inside of us. It's why since the beginning of time, if any human being has ever seen anything remotely otherworldly, if anyone has ever thought that they saw an alien, one of the first thoughts we have as a human being is, oh my gosh, did you see that? Please tell me somebody saw that because we need a certain amount of witnessing for our sanity's sake. This is similar to why a prisoner in solitary confinement is at risk of losing reality because they can't bounce their reality off of another human being. This is in part why we as humans in our psychology can have a relationship to something like a higher power. A being we've never personally spoken to or seen with our eyeballs or touched with our fingers but we have this ability to believe in something higher than ourselves. So if I become isolated, if I become contained, lost from other humans on an island, I can form relationship with trees. I can speak to my higher power, to nature, to the sun, to the moon. Our sanity, a lot of it, is in relationship, our relatability. And if our sanity is in relating the other side of that coin is that our insanity can be in relating that's why we are here healing it's why we truly need grounded relationships to bounce our reality off of and when those humans aren't available a safe responsible mature grounded available compassionate human being is not there for us to bounce our reality off of especially when we're in fear, especially when we're in anxiety or a strong sense of lack, then we can connect with an animal. We can connect with the moon, with the stars. We can connect with a botanic plant-like creature or our spiritual creatures or entities or ways of being. One of the saddest things to me is when a well-intentioned parent does not possess the maturity to understand how delicate and important trust-building is with their child. And it's about reality testing. I had a conflict with someone many years ago who's no longer in my life. Not just because of this, because of many, many reasons. But I was on the phone with her, and her 8-year-old wandered into the room and asked for some ham. She gave him a piece of lunch meat ham and started giggling to me. What's so funny? I asked. It's really turkey, she said then why didn't you tell him it was turkey? I don't get it. She proceeded to tell me that the kids had called all lunch meat ham when they were really little and it just stuck. And now she thinks it's pretty funny. And I didn't like that. I asked how she thought that would play out. What is the end game of that ham game? Because the more sensitive the child, the more likely that kid will ultimately be embarrassed Because someone along the way of life is going to say, what do you mean, man? This is turkey, not ham. And this child is going to feel confused, dumb, embarrassed, potentially made fun of. Who doesn't know what turkey or bologna are? You're so weird. What's wrong with you? And it damages a child's ability to trust that parent. And what do we say when that child comes to us and says, why didn't you tell me the truth? And this is where we can't really get honest and say because it's funny to see you get things wrong that's not truthful or kind. And I imagine most people out there if I asked them consciously they're attempting to raise children to be truthful and kind. So I did not understand this way of parenting back then. Now I understand that this parent was continuing the confusion and mistrust and immaturity of her own childhood experience and was dismissing my concern instead of taking in what I was saying. And that is the immaturity that blocks growth, which in large part fuels generation after generation of continuing the cycles of dysfunction, continuing cycles of substance abuse and numbing out, Continuing cycles of conflict avoidance and rage pendulum swinging. And we can understand that for a 12 year old, it might be hysterical to hear a younger child name something incorrectly it doesn't yet know and get it wrong. The ego likes it because the ego feels smarter and superior. That's why we giggle when we're 12 at that. It's not the kind of pure, light, jolly Santa Claus kind of giggling. It's a secret kind of gotcha giggle that comes out sideways. It's a little snarky. It's low vibe. It comes from the ego, the dysfunctional part of our ego. It's a bit darker than a bright, clear, in-the-light, high-vibe giggle. It's not a good vibe for anybody to be in, much less a developing child. So my challenge is, what does maturity want for a developing child. A mature adult is highly cognizant that their child is merely passing through their hands. The parent never owns the child, rather is preparing the child to one day be on their own, a contributing member of society, practicing kindness, self-respect, gratitude, and helpfulness and balance. I so wanted to appear in that kitchen and crouch down and say to that child, honey, Wait, do you see how that meat looks whitish? That's turkey. Pinker meat is ham. Mom was playing a trick on you that she thought was funny. But I wanted you to know the real names. I want you to know that you can always ask me anything. And I will always tell you the truth. And if I don't know, I'll tell you and we will try to find out together. If we cannot trust the reality that our parents present to us, What can we trust? Is this the root of constant anxiety in highly sensitive people? That we were born asking questions that were hard for the people around us to answer? Particularly hard for the people around us to answer if they were emotionally immature or stuck or regressed? What I do on the show is I validate the HSP survivor reality and experience And it helps you to see yourself with more clarity. Common feedback for the show that comes in is that I answer questions you didn't know you had. I hope this kind of validation reconnects people with their natural curiosity. Because I'm certain that every highly sensitive person is born with that natural, pure sense of curiosity. Of wanting to know, of wanting to lift up the rocks and look underneath. And that you keep asking yourself, me, the world, interesting questions as life continues to give us the opportunities to heal, to fill in the voids of immaturity, to grow up for ourselves and the world, and to zoom out and to see more and more and more with greater ease and clarity. I want to invite you, if you get value out of the show, to come join our Patreon community. We have grown tremendously this year. We are getting closer and closer to that third goal. We will add a member to the team officially when we do that. We are looking forward to that. We have some big goals. COVID really pushed back some of our goals this year, as I'm sure it did to you. It blew some plans out of the water, took some pivoting, We have many exclusive episodes for you. I believe we are past 30 on the exclusive episodes that we have for you there on Patreon. As soon as you sign up and throw us five bucks, you get access to all of those episodes. If you join at the $10 level, you can join our monthly live stream Q&A webinars where you can ask me anything about yourself, your process, life, the human condition, me and my story. Anything goes. Ask away. If you want to come on there and just throw us two bucks, that's a level two. If you want to be like a super fan of the show and you have the disposable income, we have a $20 level two where we show you some peaks behind the scenes. Part of what we do for our Patreon producers of the show is we give shout outs here on the public episodes. So I want to thank the people who help us get this show out every single week. Caitlin G, thank you. Cassie S, thank you, madam. Jodell T, Ash L, Christine F, Ariana M, Amber H, Helen T, Ashley A, initials NM. I want to thank Ashley J, Mitch R, Desiree, Jacqueline J, Charlotte, Deborah O, Catherine T, Linda T, Jamie L, Helene M, Chelsea D, Christy P, and Natalie Z. Thank y'all for helping us grow. I will do some more shout outs next time. If you're interested in what we're growing there and the community that is building and building and building, come check us out at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. The next goal is for us to hit 250 people. As of today, we are at 211. Thank you to all of you who are helping us reach that goal. Light and love, and don't forget, I'm an emotional badass, you are an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.